Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Rob Benoff. And I'm Jeremy Duvall. Welcome. Rob and I are here to do a little Friday fireside where we record it as it's Friday. A little fireside chat action. Rob, right? We're just gonna thought we'd do. We'd have a lot of. We've had a lot of heavy duty episodes, like real th- uh, deep content. Over the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of scripted content where we didn't have a lot of uh, hobby updates and, and what's sure. been going on gaming wise. And I know you've attended a tournament. I've attended a tournament. Get everybody caught up with what's been going on in our little uh, bubbles. So we thought we would do a little episode, do a little hobby update, a little event update. As Rob said, both of us have been to some events recently. Talk a little bit about what we have planned for the holidays and then going into next year, what we're thinking for the, you know, the first big events of next year and around Adepticon stuff like that. How have you been Rob? Pretty good. Just been busy, you know, with Christmas coming up, uh, we're going to be traveling to Michigan uh, for Christmas. And so trying to get all the presents purchased and all that stuff. And then obviously um, black Friday (laughs) hit, hit the bank account pretty good. Never going to turn away a good deal. Uh, and then lots and lots of hobby. Busy. I guess the, the word I would use, Jeremy, is busy. How about you? Yeah, same thing. I was on a huge paint. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you call it crunch or, or sprint or I was trying to get my 1,100 points of Twilight Kin done for Mark Cox's Naughty or Nice team tournament, which was just held in the Fort Worth area. So I got pretty close. I had to make one adjustment at the last minute. I took some of the elements from the Twilightkin army that I had been working on prior to going full Mantic. So I had been using some of the Daughters of Cain snake ladies. Uh, because my army is sort of themed around like ancient Greek Mediterranean vibe, Medusa-y. So those models had been pretty cool. I almost got all Mantic stuff done. I got a unit of Skiffs done. I got a unit of Impalers done. So I needed one more unit, and I was trying to go in for a second unit of skiffs, but I couldn't quite get there. So I took all of my snake ladies and some harpies, and I put them on a base, and I called them wranglers. And I used some of the sort of old, or the daughters of Cain witch elves that have whips. So they were behind all the creatures, so it was like they were whipping the creatures so I, I felt for as far as like a Wrangler unit, which is sort of like a beast pack, evil, you know, shadow creature beast pack. It worked pretty good for that unit. The Wrangler kit, that's all it is, right? Is some uh, Reaper models with some Corsairs. Exactly. So I thought it, it did good considering I was, because uh, I, of course, the last week before the event, I came down with the hor- a horrible flu and I was just really sick. So I was just like, okay, well. It's just not going to happen. So I had to make a couple adjustments, but I still am pretty happy I had that event because in the space of three weeks, I did a unit of Phantoms, I did a unit of Skiffs, and I did a, like a, a horde of Impalers all in about a month, which for me is like crazy fast, and I was really happy with the how they came out. So that's basically what I, hobby-wise, is working on the Twilight Kin. Like I said, I got, I got around 1,100 points done. I'm... 
I plan on eventually it being a hundred percent Mantic. So like, for example, I use some non Mantic models for my crone, for my planner apparition, for uh, my navigator. So eventually those are going to get replaced. Right. But for now it's, I'm just trying to get the army on the table. Uh, and I have some cool models that I really liked when I was doing my non Mantic twilight kid. So I thought I might as well just use them and just save those to be the last things I paint and instead focus on painting the Mantic models for the things I don't have. So I'm pretty happy with how the Impalers came out. Um, I put together the skiffs. I like the boats. I think the boats look a little better in person, and I raised them up on acrylic rod. I am not a fan of the driver. It looks like it's a little funky. The pose is just a little funky. So what I really want to do is for now, I just put some I had I was going to use Incubi previously as my impalers when they were regular infantry. So I put a couple Incubi guys like as my pilots. And then I got the new Dungeon Saga stuff. And there's a few in the Dungeon Saga archers, Twilight Kin archers. So I want to put those in the boats to sort of represent the shooting. The only problem is the Dungeon Saga kit only comes with three of the Twilight Kin archers. And right now, there's no way to buy those. Uh, Mantic, put put those put the Dungeon Saga sculpts in the vault, please. This is my special Christmas request. Or uh, if you're very kind and want to sell me uh, counter chargers, any of your Twilight Kin archers from the uh, Dungeon Saga kit, shoot me a message. But I want to eventually want to put those in my skiffs. How many poses of the Twilight Kin archers are there in the do- Dungeon Saga? Just I haven't looked that closely. Is it mono pose? I think there's two. Okay. My instinct is that there are two, but there might it might just be one pose. I'm not sure. I got I got to take another look. Still, it's cool though because it's designed with the same aesthetic as the modern stuff. Yeah, and they have a bow, right? There's no other way to get a Twilight Kin guy with a bow in in the regular kits, so it's the only way. And the skiffs, if you look closely, they have a very very tiny side bolt thrower that's like it's like barely anything. So I thought it would be cool to have on the skiff body a melee looking guy and a shooting looking guy to represent yeah. like. There that they can do shoot and fight. What did you think of the new plastic kits? Obviously, you I put some together. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on them. I thought they were pretty good. I thought the impalers were pretty good. I had to fill. There were some gaps. How the how the back and the the uh, their sort of bat wing cloak fit together wasn't super flush. Uh, you had to do some gap filling, but in general, I think the impalers are pretty solid as a kit. When they're put together and painted up, I got a lot of great feedback um, from people who hadn't seen them in person. You know, I think they're pretty good. I have not messed around. And the skiffs, the skiffs are okay. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the riders, but the boats themselves are nice. You know, I think they're perfectly solid uh, with some adjustments. So I haven't got into the infantry yet, though. Like I said, I started with some of the other pieces. So far, I mean, they're okay. I don't know. What do you think? I have built a 750-point demo army, and they're all assembled, and now I'm going to paint them. But in terms of the Impalers, I, I really like the kit. Yeah. There's four sculpts, I think, four different variations, I think. Yes. A, B, C, and D. You could you know, switch maybe some of the arms or some of the heads around to, to, to do that. So I like the fact that that kit, you know, even though there was only the four the four sculpts. And when I say there's only four, I mean, the model goes together one way. <laughs> yeah, they're they're designed to be put together a specific way, right? But I think on the Impaler kit, it, it was okay because I was able to still change it up by changing out the weapons from, you know, from this guy to that guy, uh, changing out the heads a little bit. I have put the Corsair kit together 
couple regiments, a, a bunch of models, and they go together fine. They have the same situation where there's a few different sculpts, uh, maybe four or five, but they give you alternate heads, which is great. But my only complaint about the Corsairs is that they're a little spindly at some spots. Like there's this one pose, one arm's holding a spear, and then you've got another arm coming up, and the, the connection point from the wrist to the hand that's attached to the top of the spear is really hard. Those are always tricky to put together, right? Yeah, I'm a polystyrene glue guy, like poly cement. That takes time to set up. You know, that slowed me down a little bit because I had to build in uh, waves. So, like, I would, okay, got the torso out. I would add the arms, and I would add the little loincloth. Now that it's done, they're fine. And what's cool about the mutants is you can build them as, what's the other? There's the mutants, and what's the other version? There's the weavers. Weavers. Yeah, the weavers are the uh, the ranged. I didn't know what the difference was in terms of actually building them. And it yeah. just really looks like if you're building the weavers, you're just adding like mystical fireball, magical effects coming off their arms. It's like they're shooting. Whereas the mutants kind of look the same, but they just have, they, they're not shooting fireballs. But th- those are pretty cool models as well. I haven't built any of the skiffs yet. For my army, I just bought this, the, the starter box. And then I also had like a couple regiments. I have a box of Wranglers and I have a, a box of the, the mutants. The one thing that I've seen online that that it I'm not sure how I feel about it is the the, the boat. You mentioned it that the boat is the scale of the boat is kind of interesting. Like I've seen some pictures where they've added a navigator to it, and it looks like the na- it's almost like the navigator is riding a surfboard. He or she is like so much bigger. Well, the Mantic Navigator is just big. If I was to have one critique, some of the scaling, the internal scaling between the different units doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. The boat themselves, it's designed to look like a ship in its its ergonomics, right? But its size is basically like a canoe almost. Well, I was going to say, yeah, like a two-person yeah. Thing. Yeah. Once they're put together and in person, they look they they look good. I think I would have liked it if the skiff was was a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just then, put like in a regiment, just maybe you have two of them on a base. Yeah. Or I mean, even with three on a base, I mean, uh, I think you have, you know, there's room to maybe make it a little bit bigger. I think I think they're still cool. There's lots of elements. There's lots of wood texture. There's energy texture. There's cloth. I do like that the skiff has a lot of different elements to it as far as painting. You know, you can do some different stuff stuff with it and i like the um the uh, uh the back part the like the steering part i did mine not with the mantic rider i i don't know i'm i don't know what i'm gonna do about the riders if i'm gonna keep the riders that, that i have on it now or if i'm gonna pop them off and put something else that's probably with the skiffs the one part that i'm not a hundred percent sure what i want to do with yet is how you know the end result when the army is done what will the riders be like i don't have the answer to that question yet your comment about scale you know my head canon the way i'm justifying it in my head is that you know these these individuals these creatures these monstrosities are are they've been trapped in the warp for so long and, and they've got to come out and so you know sense of scale is probably lost right like so the fact that you got impalers that are you know twice as tall as a corsair but i will admit like some some of the stuff like when you see the big giant person riding a small little itty bitty boat it it is a little bit like oh that looks kind of weird yeah i think that the scaling on the impalers makes more sense to me because it's big shield right and you have a big chunky unit of them i think they look really good yours came out awesome i i I think there's a lot of nice little uh 
they paint up really nice. Yeah, they, they look like they're not overly complicated uh, in terms of like ornamental detail. And the shields are really cool. I think you can do, I tried to do like some, like the void energy is trying to come out of the shield. Yeah. So I think the shields themselves are really well done and neat. Um, yeah, painting the impalers, I felt like I was painting a kit of like a high-end kit, right? A kit that mm-hmm. I would expect to have from like, a top tier miniatures company. I felt that way when I was painting the impalers. Yeah, again, I'm pretty happy uh, pretty happy with it. In retrospect, had I started from scratch and had access through a 3D printer, maybe I would have tried to do something with upscaling the Twilight Kin Armada boats because I do like that idea. I know some people are doing that to have like your unit of skits gifts just be one giant boat like right. float, you know and have people shooting mm-hmm. over the side and fighting from the you know, I think there's some uh, the skiff unit. You could go full Mantic, but do some cool conversions. I'm waiting it. for them to bring the Salamander boats to the vault so that I can finish my display board. Yeah, I want to have a full size 28 millimeter scale boat with Corsairs on the deck. So, yeah. And that reminds me, I don't know if you saw this month's Mantic vaults offerings, but it's Twilight Kins Plenty. I mean, they got a couple crones in there and then it looks like maybe an assassin, some alternate bits to change. Is that McKay? Like maybe to change McHale into like a regular to make him a regular Solvane on a nightmare. Like, um, yeah. So yeah. De- definitely the 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 vault continues to be like a great a great deal. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. There isn't any crones on foot right now, is there? No. Outside of the vault, no. Unless you want to convert it. I mean, right. in the box, the army box, there is a crone on uh, on a mounted. There isn't any uh, on foot. So that one that is in the December releases. Yeah, you got two crones on foot in the December releases. Yeah, one is the Lathael from the, um, uh, oh God, what was that board game called, Rob? Oh, League of Infamy. It's it's the Lathael from League of Infamy okay. is, one of, is one of the sculpts. And then they just have an additional, because you see she's holding the, the holding her magic item, which is the heart of Valak. Right, I, I can see it on her right hand. She's kind of got a headdress and she's got her right arm. Yeah. And it looked like she's casting a spell and then in her left arm tucked behind yeah. her. And that assassin like, model is dope. Oh, I think is he, he's riding a wave or something, like a wave I, of magical I, energy or I something? I think that's supposed to just be the cloak. Like the, the idea okay. is that the, the cloaks of the Twilight Kin are like creatures, I think. Okay. Like uh, a Batwing-esque or part of their void touched. It's a banner a month. I mean... Obviously, a lot of Twilight Kin, but they've got Elf Dracon Riders, which is amazing. Uh, yeah. Then they got more Elf Boats and a Tree Herder. I really think my big hobby purchase of 2024, Rob, is going to be a, a 3D printer. I think it's I, I need one, but I just I just don't have the room, honestly, with everything. Yeah. It's just like, ah. I think uh, I'm going to set it up. I have some room in my garage, so I think I was just going to get one of those folding tables and just put it out in my garage. Because I don't think the computer, your computer that you do all this work with doesn't have to be near the 3D printer, I don't think. Yeah, you put it on an SD card or USB Yeah, right, you put it on a flash drive or whatever you need to do on the SD card or the flash drive, and then you take it out to your garage or whatever. But I think it's time. I also finished a regiment or a troop of the Phantoms, and now I'm working on my second troop. I actually love those models. You know, there's not a, a... Maybe, you know, the poses aren't quite as different, but once you have a unit of those painted up, I think they look pretty good. So Did you use like, the PVC ones? Or no, I, I, use, got the the resin? Res, I got the resin right. ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been using my, uh, my new favorite hobby material of 2023, the foam clay. I've been using the foam clay to fill gaps too. But Rob, have you ever messed around with UV-activated resin? 
I have with the lot, you know, for water effects and stuff. Yeah, I, for water effects, but I but I've been seeing a lot of people use it as a gap filler too, where they put a little bit of the resin, it sinks right in, and then they just r- hit it with the UV light, and then Bob's your uncle. It oh, completely really? filled the gap. So I know people are using UV resin is really popular in the jewelry hobby. Uh, has been for a long time, but now you're big, you're beginning to see UV activated resin take more. Uh, like Green Stuff World has, like you know, quote unquote UV resin for models. You know, that's what I have too. And, and I yeah. bought their black. They have a little like flashlight, black light thing. Yeah. So I'm, and I've so used I'm, it for water effects, but I have to try it for gap filling. Yeah. That's that's. So I'm gonna try it because I've seen some videos of people using it for gap filling, and they really like it. As just a really simple, you know, quick, quick too, right? Quick, that's what I'm saying. You know, like if you're letting epoxy go off to Millipod or green stuff. Oh, it can, let take that dry. For, it, can, it can take yeah, forever. But, right? I mean, the, the UV stuff is like, it cures, you know, in 10 seconds once you hit it with yeah, light. So, next is I have to finish my second troop of phantoms and then um, finish up some skiffs. And then I'm probably going to, uh, then I think I'll, I'll do infantry. So I have a couple, I think I'm going to do infantry and then I'm going to save my new characters and new monsters for the end. So because I have in my list, I have two hordes of infantry. So that's like a lot of dudes. So I kind of want to do them in the middle of the project so that uh, they can get done um, and then uh, finish up the army or finish up with some of the more fun stuff. Yeah, for me, I've got, I built all that Twilight Kin stuff and my goal is to use that army to come up with a color scheme that's easy to apply that I can then use for the night stalkers. Cause I, in addition, I already had built a whole lot of night stalkers, you know, a, a ton. Um, however, with the new plastics out, I bought a bunch of the new reapers and a, and a bunch of the new uh, butcher models. So I built all those again. That's a home run kit, man. That, those kits are amazing. The, the, the butchers are just, Everything we said about the impalers, the same. You know, you got like four sculpts. You got a couple different options, whether you want the the shooty version or the Malay version. You can still switch out some of the heads and stuff to give it a little variety. Uh, the Reaper kit is super cool uh, because, you know, it builds Tormentors and Reapers. And, and really, the, the only really difference physically between Reapers and Tormentors on that kit are the top arms. Is it a pair of like impaling blades or are they hands? <laughs> That's really the only difference. And then there's a maybe a difference in the head in terms of uh, what, you know. But that kit's got a ton of options and a ton of variety and uh, super fun. Uh, I, I will say, I think it was eight pieces <laughs> per model. That, that was starting to like, okay, guys, this is starting to get into like GW territory, you know, uh, or back in the day. I, I'm sure you've had kits like that, Jeremy, where you like a million pieces to build a one model. Oh yeah! Don't even remind me of. I tried to get into the Robotech Kickstarter when they did the RPG. Oh, the little factory. tiny ones, the small, small scale one, right? The yeah, and it was the one where they those were like for a little tiny. Uh, when it was in fighter mode, it'd be like thirty five pieces or something crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, dumb. That was it's probably it's the dumb. worst example of of overcomplicated kits. Fine line between enough pieces to allow for flexibility and variety of the finished product versus easy to put together. Um, and, and I would say the Reapers weren't terribly hard to put together. I, I, I am using poly cement, so, um, or plastic glue. So that meant, I, you know, I did them in batches. So I like, I do like all the arms and then you let those, let those really dry up and then, um, and then move on to the next pieces, but they look fantastic. I can't wait to get them painted up. And so I'm going to use the twilight kin, hopefully learn how to, you know, what color scheme, you know, everybody does like purple and blue. 
and for, for night stalkers. I don't know how to explain this, but I, I want to make my army look like the 80s. And I don't know if you know what that means. Does that make does that resonate with you? What I'm trying to say, like like the paint style of the '80s. You know, what I'm talking about like that neon Miami Vice kind of. You know what I mean? Um, pastels and teals yeah. and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm trying to like think about how I would do that, and I'd like to do it mostly with an airbrush, especially since it's my wife for my birthday. <laughs> like, gave me a major hobby upgrade, like with a the a, a really high end Iwata compressor. And then the Eclipse airbrush and a bunch of other stuff. So, I mean, I, I have been using the Iwata, what is it, the Iwata Neo CN, and it works fine. You know, it's doing everything I'm doing, but I could tell that I could probably, I'm starting to get to a point where I could probably use a little bit, maybe more uh, accurate. That's probably not the right word, but something with a little more fidelity, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm excited to, to dive more into that. And really, I'd like to paint the Night Stalkers almost exclusively with an airbrush if i can you know yeah. um i think that's a good model range to do that with right it's lots of uh areas where you could probably highlight pretty well with just an airbrush some of the models are huge right you know the cell players and the shadow hawks and yeah. they're so big that uh a good palette to, to to learn new techniques on and stuff so yeah it's hard uh-huh. the, the the assassin model is so cool i really want to put it in my army but i keep running into problems when i'm list building there's a lot of awesome characters that you want to have in the Twilight Kin. Like if you want to run the Crones with weakness, then you have a Navigator. Then if you're running Corsairs, you want to have um, you want to have a, a Captain for the Rally Aura. That all of a sudden you get to where you're having you want to have like six individuals, and then it just becomes too much, too much individuals. So we'll see. Maybe I drop a crone and I go to two crones and pick up an assassin. I may, I may place test that. It's just weakness is so good. <laughs> it is hard. very good. Well, it, it's funny you say that because because it's so good and I've been playing it so often. Changed my my salamander build quite a bit. Two hexes now. A mind fog. I mean, stuff I wasn't. You know, I would have a, a hex in there, but I'm taking more stuff like specifically to kill crones. The Twilight Assassin's fell blades is essentially weakness, right? If you do damage in combat, it has a minus one on the following turn. So it's like a, a, a so in dropping a crone to pick up a Twilight Assassin, you're still having a third weakness, I guess. But it's in melee. Yeah, so it's got to be done in melee. It can't be done from shooting. Yeah, it's not range. But you do pick up a stealthy scout character that has duelist, which is good to go hunt down other crones. You know what I mean? Or other mm-hmm. characters. It, it would put a, a form of dread in the list. Like right now... In my list, I have brutal from the skiffs, but I don't, I don't uh, have any dread. So the right. assassin might be a good tool to add in dread. And uh, in the team tournament, naughty or nice, I played with Jeff Swan, and he ran the abyssal temptress character with gnome glass shield. So I really, and it was like really good uh, in our game. So giving the twilight assassin the gnome glass shield, running around with, uh, you know. Five attacks, elite, dread, duelists, you know, with some throwing weapons, you know, which is an extra five attacks, piercing one. I don't know. I, I may play test it because I really do love that model in the vault. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, you mentioned the character with a gnome glass shield. Uh, because of those guys being the bane of my existence, I never leave home with salamanders. I never leave home without an ancient phoenix. Send them out there, cloak of death, kill the shield. Yeah. It's a repeat. 
like 100% every time. Yeah, Cloak is really good for for tagging that point of damage to remove the shield. But, you know, it's funny, you know, talking about the Clash of Kings and all the updates and stuff, I'm really trying to, I've started to try to pivot the Salamanders to some of the new stuff that they've got and uh, played my first game last night with re- a really different list. I mean, I had no Rhino Cav, no Scorch Wings. It was, it was almost all infantry and got just eviscerated is the nicest thing. I mean, I got destroyed. Now, part of it is I'm a dummy and I, and I played it completely wrong, but I was trying to like play into the new Fireborn rule, which which is most of the Salamanders have. Um, and really what it says is that uh, a, a unit with the Fireborn that's within six inches of a unit that has uh, the Inferno rule, which is like fire elementals and that kind of thing, then they get life leech. So I was playing into that. So I had like a horde of primes and I had a horde of ceremonial guard and, you know, I had them up to a life leech two, and I was playing into that. The end of the day, I didn't get into enough combats where the life leech was paying off. If that makes sense. I was only getting to like, you know, two combats through the course of the game. Yeah. I, I might rethink that. You know, I was, I was rocking two hordes of fire elementals and that's just, yeah, it's not, it was okay. It was okay. Tyrants are the bee's knees if you're going to take large infantry. I should say, I say though, I didn't have any surge in my list. And I think I haven't really tried that route yet either. Because I mean, you know, that that's a possibility with the fire elementals. And they do, get, they do give you access to Pathfinder, which is nice. But it's just hitting on fours with 18 attacks. I know it's crushing too, but yeah. So I, I've been building a lot of Salamanders uh, primes and just uh, got two regiments done, two troops. You know, when you get into the, the, the regiment where you're like, you know exactly what you're doing and you know what the next models, you know what I mean? Like you, you're not having to think through the process. It's become second nature. So, you know, I'll grab a couple and I'll paint, you know, one or two at a time and just knock them out. And so I had just, that's what I've been doing and I'm going to keep doing it, but there's so many cool options in this book and salamanders are no exception. And I want to try, you know, like Corsairs, man, I I really, you know, fingers crossed or if if, if, uh, Santa Ronnie's listening, you know, if you could add the Corsair bits, to next month's vault, that would be excellent because I have plenty of bodies. You must be getting pretty close, Rob, to where the you know three or four months into twenty twenty four, you're not only going to have a salamander list, but you're going to have one with options. It sounds like, yeah, yeah, I mean, right. Awesome. You know, this time last year at Adepticon, I went to Adepticon with everything I had, and I basically had the classic four hammers. I had two tyrants, two rhino cab, and, and some scorch wings. But you know, now I've been adding five or six units of infantry. And I would like to add some of the shooting infantry. Um, what I haven't added yet is some of the bigger monsters, you know, like the, the slasher or the, uh, uh, the fire drakes. And, but I've got those as well. Something to use as that pale rider guy. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm going to be doing that. And I, and I still have to paint I, and I haven't done this yet. I, I, I have the models to do the, the fire elementals and the greater fire elementals. So I've got to paint those. And again, that's going to be an airbrush project. And I still probably need to add a third Phoenix. You know, I've got two Phoenixes right now. It's like my ogres. Like, I have like everything you could ever possibly want. You know, I have like six hordes of seed breakers. I've got like five hordes of ogre warriors. You know what I mean? Like I have, I have more than I could ever possibly use. You have some options. So that's what I'm doing with the Salamanders right now. I'm, I'm adding like additional mage. I got the mage from Vanguard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zuanok. I mentioned this in the Undead Army Review. He he reminds me of like a World of Warcraft character. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. I just Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to just get more stuff painted uh, and just keep learning. And, you know, w- what's fun is that, you you know, as this book's come out, we're all kind of like looking to add to our armies and try different lists. Everybody else is doing the same thing. So for me, it's like, well, it's sometimes hard to really 
evaluate the changes in my list because I'm, you know, I'm not playing against a control, right? Like I'm not playing against what I was playing against six months ago. So like their army's changing too. So it's like, well, oh, I lose this game. Is it because of what I put in my list or did their list just get better? Is it the combination of the two? Yeah, it's a real big, like it's, it's like an incubation period right now, I think for the next month or two, as people yeah. try to figure out what works, you know, what works against what works, you know what I mean? And like that, I know that, you know, that I know sort of uh design of lists i, I had been rocking the ceremonial guard and I'm, i don't know i'm kind of softened on the ceremonial guard i mean uh, they got a they did get a reduction but so did primes you lose phalanx and you lose some attacks but it's 40 points yeah <laughs> but it's like well so I, i'm, I'm kind of going back and forth i'm also really leaning i'm starting to lean into uh ancients you know troops of ancients regiments of ancients i mean just d d6 is never a bad thing uh, I mean, a troop of D6, you know, dash whatever, dash 13, I think. Amazing. They're just, you know, very resilient. Unless unless like last night you get run over by a giant. The one thing that you want to fight against defense six, right? Yeah, I was playing against Brian's uh, Northern Alliance, and he just he just smacked me, which is fine because we just played at Forge GT, and I had my old shooty list, shot all of his snow fox, all three units of snow foxes off on the first turn before they moved went my way that time this time it was the other way around he just completely eviscerated me which is fine i need to learn you know i i don't know about you i, I learn better when i get smashed than oh yeah than a close game where it's just like confirming what i thought i already knew exactly yeah usually uh, uh you do take especially in army building right because if you take a list and win you're like okay well what did i learn from this nothing whereas if you lose you do and that was one thing i was happy about the naughty or nice tournament I definitely by day two had figured out a lot of things about the army having a piece, you know, you could test something on, on UB a thousand times, but I feel like things don't really fully set in until you're playing that army on the, with real models on a table, rolling real dice. So I had some, some definitely some interesting takeaways from that event. Well, let's dive into that. Let's, let's hear more about it. This is just kind of the, uh, spiritual successor to Living Legends, I think. Yeah, so this is basically uh, Living Legends, which is the tournament Jeff Swan used to run at the Black Eyed Distillery, which was a vodka distillery. That company so good. went out. Yeah, that company went out of business, and then Jeff had it at his house one year, and then uh, you know Jeff's been really busy with work, and he's getting ready. They're getting ready to move to Denver, so kind of. Uh, uh, Kings is a little bit on a back burner. He's been playing a lot of MCP, which we played while I was down there, which was super fun. So Mark kind of took over uh, that event, and it's called the Naughty or Nice. It's a Christmas-themed tournament, and it's a, it's your standard sort of double. So you're playing with your partner. Each person gets 1,100 points, so it's a 2,200-point tournament. And then you get a special uh, special character. So there was... 12 teams, so 20, uh, 24 players, so a good amount of teams, mo a lot of teams from the south, southeast. Devlin and Dan were there. Gibney was there playing with Pat Allen. Jeff and I were on a team. Ryan Smith and Day, Randy Davis. You're going to learn today. John Green and his son Jack. Uh, Matt Carmack and Zach Clark jump up and down. The Hoys, Rick Hoy and his son Rogan. A lot of guys from Living Legend Days. Yeah, who I've now dubbed the Rogan Experience because, Rob, you know how we talk about dice, right? And sometimes we joke and sometimes, you know, whatever. Jeff and I played Rick and Rogan in one of our rounds. And 
I've been wargaming for 30 years. I have never seen someone roll as hot as I saw him roll in that game. His frost giant, we calculated it at the end of the game. His frost giant killed 1,400 points of our armies. Holy cow. I'm not being esoteric or joking about our whatever. It would be like, oh, Slayer D6-6. Giant D6-6. Okay, 18 attacks. I hit you 17 times. I wound you 17 times. Okay, next combat. I hit you 16 <laughs> times. I wound you 16 times. Okay, next con- Just He just ran through our whole army. Um, and then Nick, Nick and Brad were there from Dojo. And then Robert Zimmerman and Roger were also there. But it was a great event. I took Twilightkin. In my list, I had a horde of impalers. I had a regiment of skiffs. I had a navigator. I had a crone. I had a unit of weavers, who are the lightning bolt guys. I had... Um, what else did I have? I had uh, the mute uh, or the uh, wranglers, a unit of wranglers, and then I had a planner apparition. How did the wranglers work for you? Because I, you know, we, we've been we've been talking about it a little bit. You know, it has the the ability to shoot something and disorder it, but it's a short range. So I'm curious if you really love playing that short reaction, sneaky, you know, type where you're disordering and all your stuff. I think it, it could be good. I found that they would either fight or do one shot with their things, and then they'd get wavered. Mm-hmm. Because they're only 14, 16, even with, if you pop the blood hex and they become defense five, 14 is such a low. I mean, you think, well, it's only one below 15, 17, but it really makes a difference. So basically they would get to do one thing and then get wavered. Are they defense four? They're defense four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, for one turn, you know, you pop the blood hex and their shooting attack is right. good. Don't get me wrong because you're rolling all their dice. They have uh, 14 attacks. So you're rolling all 14 dice, which is nice uh, because it's, it's, it's just a regular shooting attack. It's not like a separate profile as far as the number of attacks. I think maybe there's a list in there probably with better players than me could really maximize on their utility. I probably won't take them again. I, you know, like I said, it was like, I got to have, I have the models to play them. So I'll play them, but they were probably the, the underperformer of the group. I think my biggest lesson in day one, I was trying to focus with the skiffs more on using their shooting attack instead of looking for combats and then shooting when I didn't have any combats. And then day two, I tried to play them more aggressively as a melee unit, and they did much better. So I think the skiffs, you, what I find is shoot when you have nothing else to do, but don't sacrifice their combat potential to shoot. That was sort of the lesson that I took away. The one unit of Impalers I ran, I ran with Brew of Strength. And Impalers with Brew of Strength, it's probably one of the most hitty, uh just face melting units in the whole game. When you think about it, the difference between crushing one and crushing two, when you're elite and vicious, I think is really big actually. So the fact that they were running around on threes with elite crush two with vicious, they just were like annihilating anything that they fought. So that unit did really good. The, uh, the navigator, right. Giving that aura was really great. So I, I mean, I think, the, the the army did pretty well. The only problem I ran into is 14 waiver value on both the skiffs and wranglers is pretty susceptible to waivers. So if you're playing against someone, you know, that gets some good waiver rolls or whatever, and that's the type of unit that once it's wavered, it's dead. 
You know what I mean? Because you're killing it the second round. Uh, but solid army. We we played in our first game. We played Jesse Garrett and Lex Simon, who went on to win best general. They're good players. They were playing Northern Alliance and Night Stalkers. So uh, we had a close game. We ended up losing that game. Super great players. Like I said, we played Jose Vega and Matt Young in the second round. And oh, they had be an fun. Awesome, oh, super yeah. fun game. And they had an awesome 3D printed Christmas themed army. So they had like snowmen and Christmas goblins. And like one of their terrors was like a giant Santa Claus giant. So a really cool army. We had, we won that game, close game, and then our third game was against the Hoys, which uh, uh, we like I said we experienced the, Ro- the the Rogan experience. He rolled us off, and then we won our uh, first game on day two against uh, Robert Zimmerman and Roger, and then we had a, a close draw. We were really winning, but it turned out to be a draw against Nick and Brad at the end on the last game. But we had great, uh, we had some good soft scores, so we ended up finished third overall, and we won best paint. So I was pretty excited about that. Jeff brought his abyssals. He had in his abyssals list. He had a unit of the larvae with dragon shard shield. He had a fiend, some succubi, some molochs. Uh, you know the the flying temptress. Um, but a super fun event. Everyone had a good time. I think everyone came down with what they're calling the the Cox Pox. So no COVID, but I think everyone, uh, a lot of people caught a cold or the flu or whatever. So people have been recovering from that, which is sort of to be expected. If you go to a play at a tournament's house in the wintertime, you know what I mean? Someone's probably carrying something at that point. But uh, it was a super fun, fun event. Had a great time. I was really excited. I spent so much time and work getting the Twilight Kin painted. You you know how that is, Rob, when you're working really hard on a hobby project and then you get to a tournament and you take home a hobby award. It just makes it makes you feel like, oh, okay, all this work, you know, it, it was worth it. I uh, went to Forge and I, and I won some hobby stuff there. I was like, oh, yeah. It's like kind of like it kind of makes you feel good that you spent all that effort, right? You're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because that's really what I was going for for this uh, tournament. I was not bringing a hard list whatsoever. Like, I just have one of everything. It was just I was really trying to focus on the hobby. So, And I got some great feedback on what what I can improve. So I'm really excited. Jeff's really into using – you know, Jeff is a great painter. And a lot of the guys – I've used some of their washes – but and I know Felix loves them, the Pro Acryl paints from Monument. Uh, I know a lot of people have been really loving those paints because what I'm finding sometimes with the Reaper paints, Rob, I love that they're super thin, but sometimes they're too thin, and I need them to be. So I don't know if I have to start adding medium into them when I need them to be not so thin, but especially when it comes into doing certain edge highlighting or sketch work, you can't get a, a solid line because the paint is just too thin, uh, which is you never, usually that's not the complaint you hear about paints is that it's too thin. So I don't know, maybe I'll try. I, I, I don't know. Have you ever messed with any of those monument paints? I just picked some up actually. Yeah. And, and I, and I really interested to try the washes and stuff. Cause you know, GW changed their formulation for their shades. Um, and so I'm kind well, of the washes are great. Them. I've used yeah. them. I have their black wash, their brown wash and their flesh wash. And I like all their washes. 
but I have I haven't tried their actual paints yet. So that's maybe next on the uh, to try hobby product to try list. Absolutely. Yeah, it's exciting times, right? I mean, exciting times. So it sounds like you guys had a great a great event. Oh yeah, it was super fun. Jeff and I got in a bunch of MCP, which is really great. He's been uh, that game is super fun. Uh, that's probably like my main side game right now, besides Kings. I'm really looking forward to the Warpath Epic Scale game that they've been working on. I don't know if you've been following any of those developer diaries. Yeah, it's interesting. 15 millimeter scale looks like they're on like hexagon bases, like multiple models yeah. on a base. So it's got that epic vibe, but it's definitely not epic. It's got its own its own thing. So exactly. So I'm kind I'm kind of excited for that game, and I imagine that with some contrast paints and some Wait. good basing. That, that will be like a quick to get to table. What's the over under on when somebody figures out once this comes out that they figure out they can, you know, play firefight at that scale. Yeah, I know. Right. Use those models. Well, I think that's good. Whatever can get more eyeballs on the firefight universe, the better. Cause I think the regular firefight game is one of the most underrated games in the, in the sphere, in the gaming sphere. I think it's an amazing game. It is really fun. So but it's always nice to hang out with Jeff. We did a lot of board games. Todd and his wife came up and, you know, we, we did some board games. We had fun. It's always a good time hanging out with the Swans. So successful weekend. Well, uh, what's the plans for Adepticon? Are we uh, we getting hyped? Yeah. You know, speaking of Jeff, I know Jeff is going to go. I know you're going. I know I've talked with Corey Reynolds about maybe getting, you know, we, we did an Airbnb one year. Are you going to drive? Most likely. Jeff and I wanted to do an Airbnb, but since we're flying, we're trying to like find someone to be with us who has a car. You know, you know what I mean? You have to get Airbnbs a little. I don't think you can Airbnb right there. There aren't any. Based no, last on time the, we did it, it was about 15 minutes away. I think. Yeah. I think that Jeff was telling me, uh, uh, I think it's based on zoning in that area. There technically aren't any Airbnbs that close to the hotel. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So when I'm trying to think about uh, what I'm going to do, you know, uh, probably uh, I know they have the big game. They have the ambush team tournament, which would be, which will be interesting. I might play in the firefight tournament again. That's going to be. Uh, it looks like they're doing that again on that on that uh, Friday, right? Yeah, we should mention that this the preview schedule is up on the Adepticon website in March twenty first, which is what is that? That's got to be a Thursday, I imagine. Yeah, the twentieth is a Wednesday, so twenty first yeah. is so twenty first is a Thursday, and so on that day they're going to have Kings of War Ambush Team Tournament. It's the doubles event. And it's interesting they're going with ambush, so that that's going to change, so that you can't have hordes. I guess it's just less points. It might be nine ninety five, right, per, per person. But you're going to play with ambush rules. Your list design will be under the sort of ambush criteria. Each player wouldn't would only be able to have a, a maximum of three heroes, war engines, and monster slash titans. So that should be interesting. It'll change the game quite a bit. Now that they said that, it's got my thoughts racing. I'm like, hmm, because there are some armies that I think would be very good in ambush so and then uh friday we've got armada again armada blood in the water uh in the morning and then firefight conflict of commanders uh in the afternoon just like last time and then obviously saturday and sunday we've got the depth of clash looking at this calendar it's exactly like last year which i think the schedule last year seemed to work pretty well for most people i mean the one overlap is obviously dead zone and adept clash if you're a firefight person or if you're into that and you're playing in kings you can play in the firefight you know so there is a sci-fi event that you can do 
that's not at the same time. I'm excited. And, you know, I've been starting to get the the DMs from people saying, oh, I'm going to need a partner for this doubles event. So uh, pretty soon we will be uh, put a post up on the Countercharge Facebook page to uh, help people find partners, you know? So yeah, it, I, I'm yeah. pretty excited about it. I, I'm also excited now that I've had some experience with the airbrush, I'm ready to take some more airbrushing classes, you know, and actually learn yes. some stuff. I learned yeah. the basics last year. Here's how you turn it on. Here's how, you know, here's how it works. And most importantly, here's how you clean it. And here's how you fix it when you break it. I always talk about doing a hobby seminar at Adepticon and I never have. So I think this year I really want to try to do at least one hobby seminar. It's a smart move. I'm super excited about it. The ambush things got me thinking because I'm like, well, man, if it's, if it's, you know, I don't know what the points are yet, but if it's small enough, then maybe I could paint up a special army just for that event. Just for, just for that event. Yeah. 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 Um, and maybe I play salamanders in, in Adepta Clash again, or maybe, maybe I have the Night Stalkers, right? I mean, I had goblins last year. I painted up like, we're, you know, we haven't, we haven't recorded it yet, but we're going to do our year in review. I mean, I painted like 4,000 points of goblins. I have goblins for days. Don't know how to play them very well, <laughs> but I have goblins. So I have other options as well. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. And Armada, you know, last year I played my Kingdoms of Men fleet and I just got raffle stomped all my games. And so definitely I've, I've been working on my, northern alliance travis and adam only go to adepticon every other year so maybe this year there'll be a chance maybe they'll let some other people win yeah they'll let some other people other yeah. people can win some awards Corey and his disciples will be there there's always good people who end up at adepticon so yeah i'm excited i know christian's gonna be back from uh from canada he'll be he'll be down to, to play with nice. us mm -hmm. so that's and uh kenny lol has mentioned a couple times he's going to be at Adepticon and he's going to be making, he's always at Adepticon, but next year we're going to see him in a lot more of the Mantic stuff, which is great. I, I'm, I'm just excited uh, that we continue to grow the events. Um, yeah, super, super awesome. It's a great showcase. It's just a pageant for all things miniature hobby, right? It's always a bucket list. If you've never been and you're into miniature gaming, you, you should go to Adepticon once in your life. Well, you know, we've got a couple of new guys that have been playing here locally that have come over from 40K and they're really enjoying kings of war so jeff bodine and andy Patton. so uh, hopefully i can wrangle one of them into going you know the big thing with adepticon that a lot of people especially if you're outside the u.s you know they're probably thinking why doesn't everybody go to adepticon sounds awesome it is awesome but it's a huge time commitment and it's very expensive it's a thousand plus trip easy that being said it's worth every penny you know it's, it's an amazing amazing time so Registration is in January, so you know be on the lookout for that. We'll obviously be making posts. You know, Jeremy, I think we need to do the uh, Road to Adepticon again. I think we got to. That was super fun. Yeah, and I think people like that. Let me ask you this: Are you doing Twilight Kin for Adepticlash? That's that's my hope. My hope is to have the Twilight Kin unveiled, but I'm trying to have the Twilight Kin, and I, you know, I haven't painted the last couple of days, but I have been painting a huge amount. I have been painting non-stop which has been awesome because i don't know about you it's a mental thing for me it's just like a it's a mental release you know my, yeah. my painting is my my zen yeah you do you're not just doing it just to get armies done you're doing it as part of your your self-care at this point i'm just knocking out prime after prime after prime it's like oh, it's cool and i've got you know also in my garage i've got a, like a nice workspace for terrain but also for building models where it can get a little messy and i'm excited about the night stalkers 
but uh-huh. I do need to get the Twilight Kid done. And, you know, we're going to go over all this stuff, what our hobby commitments are for 2024 and how we did for 2023 commitments in a review, yeah. a year in review episode that will be coming up very shortly. So, and we have a lot more content coming. We've got more army reviews, in, you know, in the wings, you know, next month, month and a half, you'll probably see Halflings. You'll probably see Vaseline. And then uh, I think once we get those two done, I think it's time to switch over. We did that poll on our uh, Counter Church Facebook page and, and community has spoken and they said these are the armies that we want to see reviewed. And so inside baseball, it's a lot of work to get a, a review set up because number one, you've got to identify people. But not only do you have to identify people that have something to say about the army, they have to be available. You could be the greatest Sylvan player in the world if you don't have time to record then doesn't really doesn't really matter. We don't want to do army reviews where it's just us talking about it. I'm not an expert on these armies. Yeah, unless we can speak to an army. Yeah. The best army reviews are the ones I do very little talk. To. We're trying to bring you guys the people who play those armies at the highest level in the world. So not only are you getting an army review, you're getting perspectives from the people who play those lists and who have the experience. So in and of itself that takes time getting that the right uh the right panel together for armies but i hope that in that you guys see the the quality comes through or the analysis comes through and that we're trying to get real solid people for you guys as a reminder we have all of our army reviews uh on our on our webpage, and you can find the link uh in the show notes and and on the facebook page we have a we have a directory for both fire and what's going on with firefight you you've had two right you did forge fathers and hysterians what's next plague is number one and i know tyler's played plague so We'll probably, uh, I think, most likely do Plague. We also want to do some, like, uh, scenario, like an episode on the scenarios and some actual, like, gameplay strategies, you know, for the newer players of what to think about when you're playing. So, I mean, so we'll probably have our next Firefight episode probably first of the new year. We'll get something scheduled for January. I think that's a nice pacing where maybe every other month or so we have a Firefight episode just to, to sprinkle in and i know as we talked about i'm excited for the new epic warpath so i think we'll try to get the group together to talk about that when that game comes out it goes to kickstarter in january right yeah so i think it's just around the corner so i think we'll get um get some of the crew on to talk about it so yeah so continuing with the firefight content as much as we can fit it in uh in, in sort of you know, it's good to have that when we're sort of in between stuff that we're doing on Kings to have a firefight episode to drop. So still on the agenda. Mention a few other bits of uh, news that's come out. Obviously, congratulations to Andy Burtis uh, for uh, joining Mantic, which is awesome. Yeah. Congrats to him. Because he, you know, he puts out great content. It'll be awesome to see what he's doing when he's working for Mantic, right? Because with a little extra resources. Yeah, I don't think it said specifically what his role is, but I imagine it's something around community engagement, video making. I mean, w- w- that's what I would think, right, Rob? That's his talent. That's what he does, right? So I'm I'm imagining it's somewhere in that sphere. And if you're a Mantic companion subscriber, when you're hearing this, make sure you're going checking out your subscriber digital gifts. I was able to get three awesome rule books, PDF files. So I was able to get the Clash of Kings 2024, the new Firefight book, and the new Armada book all digitally. So that's freaking awesome. Yeah, that is great. Companion is great if you're online, but if you're offline, it's like, well, I can't look at the rules and stuff. So it's nice to have the PDFs as well. Yeah. Take them, get them printed out. If you want a hard copy or uh, just more value, you know, more value to the companion, they continue to add in more value, which is good. So 
Yeah, exciting times. So we're on the cusp. 2023 was an amazing year, but I am super keen for 2024. Yeah, I think going into the new year, Rob, I'm probably as excited about doing hobby as I've been in six or seven months. Mm-hmm. So I think getting these Twilight Kin on the table has been really invigorating. And I'm in the process of doing like a big hobby cleanup too and getting uh, – I always, whenever I go like a month of hardcore painting, I always like to take a week and reorganize and clean because when you're in the middle of a project, stuff just gets everywhere. So that's another thing I've been working on this holiday season is like uh, uh, getting everything cleaned and and organized. But yeah, so that's my plan is just to keep my next event is not until February for President's Day weekend for Riddle of Steel, which Riddle of Steel is selling out. So if you guys are interested in coming to Riddle of Steel, President's Day weekend in Orange County, make sure you reach out to Rashad uh, because we will, we are going to sell out for that event. Uh, we have people coming from all over again. So, I mean, my, my pie-in-the-sky dream is that I'll have Twilight Ken ready for Riddle of Steel. If not, then Adepticon will be hopefully be... They're the unveiling. Uh, but, you know, when you're trying to do an army to your absolute highest level, which I'm trying to do with the Twilight Kin, it's sort of go- it's going to take as long as it takes. Plan to play Forge Fathers for uh, Firefight again? Probably because that's what I have done. Maybe I'll add a tank or I'll add a piece to that. When you were talking about doing a full army with your airbrush, maybe I will do, now that I'm kind of getting experience priming and Zenithro priming with my airbrush. I think the next step now is to actually paint something maybe 80% of the way with the airbrush and then go in with the brush for final details. So maybe I'll do, I'll do something with for firefight with my airbrush. Uh, so we're going to have to wait and see, but I'm excited. Well, cool buddy. I hope you have an awesome holiday at mama Fanuff's house. Oh yeah. I'm excited. We're going to, we're going to go up there for a few days and uh, enjoy the, the cold weather and maybe get some Kings of War in. Nice. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of people up there, right? Your posse. Well, I mean, cross the street from my mom's right. If I bring an army, yeah, right. If Daniel's listening. I'll be up there. So maybe we'll be able to get a, you know, it's, it's amazing to have a game room right across the street from my mom's house. Yeah. It's just like you're a little kid all over again. Mom. Last year we were supposed to play at a store and we all got snowed in and I'm like, Okay, I'll just put my boots on. <laughs> Take care of me across the street. That's fine. It was like I was ten. You know, you're going over to your friend's house. Yeah. You know, a Friday night sleepover. That sounds glo- that sounds glorious, man. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, any other news? Any other comments you want to make? No, man. Just keep keep painting, keep playing. Uh, I'm excited for the new year. Like I said, we'll have more sort of year end wrap up in our 2023 end of the year review episode. But make sure you get signed up for Adepticon. You know, it's around the corner. And like what we said last year with the road to Adepticon, the more you can plan ahead, try to start putting money aside, you know, try to start planning for that as early as possible so that able to do that event. Okay, and that's going to do us for today. So remember to always keep counter charging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Counter Charge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.